0: No hitter. Every White Sox game. Give me the hot sauce. Every Bulls game.
1: GWG.
0: Every Blackhawks game. It's all here. Make sure you guys tune in. It's only here on NBC Sports Chicago. Hey, everybody, it's Chuck Garfine. Welcome to the White Sox Talk Podcast. Brought to you, as always, by our friends at Wintrust. Okay, we're three weeks into the baseball season. Three weeks, just getting things started. And normally when it's this early, I don't like to overreact to anything. A team's record, a player's stat line, both good and bad. But after spending so much time this offseason focusing on free agent targets and trade targets for the White Sox, I checked out how all these guys we were talking about are doing out of the gate. Guys we wanted the White Sox to get, guys the White Sox ended up getting and found some surprising and even unexpected developments. Now, again, we're only three weeks in. Some of what is happening might turn out and probably will turn out to be nothing. But some might be something. So here we go. Early results and clearly early overreactions to the White Sox offseason. What they did and what they didn't do. That is coming your way.
2: As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu
0: podcast.
1: At Wintrust, we know true fans show their team pride every chance they get. With White Sox checking, you'll score a Sox debit card. Plus, you'll get a special offer when you open online today at Wintrust.com slash Sox Talk. $100 required to open. Member FDIC. White
0: Sox! White Sox! Go! Go! White Sox! Oh. The ball hit deep, way back! Deep to the back. Holy cow! Carlton Fisk has put the White Sox ahead! Jimenez leaves the ballpark! You can't put it on the
1: we got a chance to do something
2: real
0: special.
1: All right, sit back, relax, and strap it down. It's time for the White Sox Talk
0: Podcast. All right, Ryan McGuffey, Vinny Duber. This is either going to be a total overreaction podcast, or maybe just maybe we might be onto something with where things are trending this early in the season. I normally don't like to do this, but, you know, looking at some of these stat lines on some of these players that we talked about for months, uh, some decisions the White Sox made have, are turning out to be really good ones. Others, uh, you wish he was with the White Sox. So uh, what do you guys think about this trailblazing podcast? No one's ever done before, Guff.
2: Uh, Overreaction, probably uh do we like to get caught up into it yes uh would i like to hit the pause button and, and, and say i told you so five four five or six months from now
0: sure but just to stir the pot why not yeah this is a little bit of a stirring of the pot and a little bit of oh really i wasn't expecting this so i think it kind of plays to all fields what do you think Vinny?
1: I think it's a by definition, it's an overreaction. I mean, these guys, some of these guys that we're about to talk about, haven't even played 15 games yet. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's a fun little thing. And like you said, we spent months talking about these guys, so it only makes sense that we uh, that we follow up on them, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's a few here that I was like, I want this guy on my team, and now I look at his stats. I'm like, thank God he's not on the White Sox. So for now, (laughs) what's that? For now, you're like, thank God he's not on the White Sox. Well, let's start with starting pitching. I have this in categories of starting pitching, closer, right field, and DH. Corey Kluber. That was my guy. I'm like, you know what? White Sox, bring Corey Kluber here. You know, how bad can he be? He could be the number five starter. Well, the number five starter for the White Sox so far, Carlos Rodon, has an ERA under one, and he's thrown a no-hitter. Corey Kluber <laughs> with the Yankees. Three starts. He's thrown a total of 10 innings in three starts. Do the math. Four innings, two and a third, and four. His ERA is over six, seven walks, 12 strikeouts. I think – I don't say the White Sox dodged a bullet. I dodged a bullet because I don't think he – I want him on the White Sox right now.
2: Plus, you know, Carlos Rodon's – you know, he's kind of – he's one of of the White Sox's own. And, look, I was not necessarily – throwing a parade that Carlos Rodon was coming back to the White Sox. I I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I told you so on this one because I saw the writing on the wall to move on, but I'm also human and love good stories. And Carlos Rodon's a great story. And it's clear that he put in the work. This might be one we're not overreacting to actually, this might be one that might be more of what the norm is. And no, he's not going to throw no hitter every time out, but what Carlos Rodon did, on Tuesday, to me, is almost impressive than the no hitter itself because the old Carlos Rodon doesn't not that he didn't have the guts to get through it, he just couldn't figure it out. For him to pick up his teammates who let you know let him down in the field behind him yesterday to get through five, I think that's more of the Carlos Rodon we're going to see. So, like, and that in this particular category with that guy, I'm happy to see it.
1: Yeah, everything Guff you said about Carlos Rodon certainly rings true. I think uh, you know that he has been certainly the brightest spot in the starting rotation so far. And that's not even to diminish what everybody else has done because the starting rotation has been really, really good for the white Sox so far. Uh, But yeah, Corey Kluber, I, I think at the time it was a, It was a flyer. Right. And I think everybody was so kind of wowed by his little showcase that he had that, you know, the Yankees went to the front of the line, as they so often do. And and that's who he jumped on with. You know, I think a a lot of teams probably might have dodged a bullet there. Um, You know, he's obviously not the same guy, at least through three starts as he was uh, back in Cleveland when he was winning Cy Young's. Are showcases like
2: NFL pro days. Cause that's, that's kind of how, like who's ever had a bad showcase or a bad pro day. Like they go to these NFL pro days and they're like, man, I'll tell you what, you know, uh, this quarterback looked really good. Trevor Lawrence looks better on the pro. Like it's designed for success. These pro days are made by agents to, to bring in teams and say, look, my guy can throw in the mid nineties and look, he's throwing off 60 feet, six inches. I'm with you Vinny. Like the showcase thing. Sometimes we get so wrapped up, hey, the White Sox were there. They were at the showcase. Who cares? How'd yo the Jonas Sess showcase go? No one signed him yet.
0: Frank Thomas wants the White Sox to sign him. <laughs> he's talked about that on the show. Here's to guy... same
1: End up on the same Mexican league team that Yasiel Puig just signed with. Hmm.
0: <laughs> so a guy I, uh, I think I predicted the Sox would sign him just more for the story was Jose Quintana. Have you seen what Jose Quintana is doing with the Angels? He reunites uh, did- with Joe Madden. He's made two starts. He's pitched a total of five innings, an ERA of 16.20, seven walks, nine strikeouts. He is scheduled to pitch uh, tonight as we're taping this. So he is scheduled to pitch on Wednesday night. We'll see what he does, but ooh, that's, that's not good for the Angels having Jose Quintana at the back end of their rotation with an ERA in double digits. Chuck, you're kidding me. The
1: Angels are struggling to find starting pitching? I'm no. shocked. I'm Genre. absolutely shocked. <laughs>
2: okay. Look, I wanted the White Sox. I, I, I was definitely near the front of the line on Quintana. That one I will take. I know there are plenty of people out there uh, on our mentions that we're right there with, with that, with that thinking. And I know it's only a few starts again, maybe not an overreaction to Jose Quintana. Is he a 17 year a guy? No, but is he done? I mean, like the trend is saying yes. Like what the hell happened to Jose Quintana post white Sox? It's, I got it's- one
0: word for you. Actually one name for you. Two words, Don Cooper. There's your answer. Someone needs to call up Don Cooper. He'll solve it.
1: Yeah, him. Don Cooper and Joe Madden will get along real well, I bet.
0: Uh, This is (laughs) Joe Madden. The only place he was good is with the White Sox and Don Cooper. That's the only answer I have for Jose Quintana. Joe Madden never really
1: seemed to want Jose Quintana when he was on the Cubs to throw like more than like three innings in a start. So, really, this is kind of on brand for the Joe Madden
0: Jose Quintana relationship, isn't it? I'm just surprised he's there. Why would Madden sign off on this?
1: I mean, because he looked at the rest of the Angels' pitching staff. That's why.
0: <laughs> like I got
2: Dylan Bundy and occasionally Shohei Itani.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, there's also Trevor Bauer with the Dodgers. No surprise. He's two and zero with a 2.42 ERA, 36 strikeouts, six walks, six innings or more in all four of the starts. So. Uh, we can't say we're shocked with that. We all wanted him on the White Sox. Didn't happen. Want to move on from that?
1: I guess the silver lining would be Lance Lynn has been excellent for the White Sox. Well, that was
0: my next name. The White Sox, instead of going after Trevor Bauer, they acquire Lance Lynn. Three starts. 0.92 ERA. He's got the complete game shutout in the home opener. He's on the IL right now with a strained trapezius. But I want to talk about Not just Lance Lynn. We need to talk about who the White Sox traded to get Lance Lynn. And that's Dane Dunning. Three starts with the Rangers. Dane Dunning has a 0.60 ERA. He's given up one run in 15 innings. So there might be a little remorse in the future, but I love having Lance Lynn on the White Sox.
2: (sighs) I mean, this is, this is going to be one, like, I think fans are going to keep looking at and and they're not really going to look at Lance Lynn as much as they're probably going to look at Dylan Cease. And like, I don't know what, I just don't, this is the part that I don't understand because you need to give up assets to get a great asset. And Lance Lynn is amongst the top pitchers in the American league. And he has been for the last two plus seasons, including his three starts with the white Sox. So Lance Lynn is showing you exactly who he is. I don't think he's going to go out there and, and throw a complete game shutout, but it's clear that he doesn't want to leave the mound when he's on it. He has that throwback mentality that we've talked about. And if the Rangers are going to give up something like that, you are going to have to give up somebody that you invested a lot in, whether it be Dane Dunning, Dylan Cease, et cetera. In this case, it was Dane Dunning. I think Dane Dunning showed capability last year of doing what he's done so far in Texas. Like, they, I think his pitch count's been around 75. Uh, they have this like two horse system going down there. They have like a guy to back him up just in case. But right now, it's, it's, it's Dane Dunning's job, I think, forever. And the best part about the forever,
0: Dane,
2: well, at least in the 2021
0: I mean, 2021 or forever.
2: Well, for the next years of control, okay. whatever, whatever the Rangers want to pretend that they're contending again. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the best part of the Dylan or the Dylan, the Dane Dunning experience is going to be when he faces the White Sox, you know, like, and that's, on that's Friday. Yeah. That's going to be the, that's going to be more of a Dane Dunning, you know, he's going to want to prove in that case, Dane Dunning's a good pitcher. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't, this is, this is to me like good for good. And like, you should root for Dane Dunning when the Texas rain, when he makes the starts for the Texas Rangers. I, I don't, I've never understood like the White Sox need to win a trade and it has to be one, like, like you know, when a fan proposes these trades on Twitter most of the time, it's like, why don't we give up Leary Garcia, Adam Engel, and uh, Jonathan Stewart for Mike Trout? Well, I could tell you why, but that would be a waste of my time. And in this case, giving up nothing for Lance Lynn was never going to happen. So root for Dane Dunning when he's not pitching against the White Sox.
1: But root for Lance Lynn and know that the White Sox have an awesome, like, one of the best rotations in the game. There's nothing to complain about with Lance Lynn. And if Lance Lynn is pitching for the White Sox in the world series, then you won the trade. Yep. That doesn't mean the Rangers can't also win the trade, but it means right. the White
0: Sox won the trade too. So Dunning is more of a finished product in the major leagues than Dylan Cease is right now. That's true. The stats bear it out. We'll see what happens on Friday, but then again, it's only one game Friday and uh, that'll be one to watch. Now I want to move to right field. Now, this early in the season hitters can get hot and cold for a week and these stat lines can change in a hurry. So I'm putting an asterisk next to all these stat lines, but as we sit here three weeks into the year, interesting, interesting. Cause we talked so much about right field. Let's start with who the white Sox got. They got Adam Eaton and I don't know what the percentage of white Sox fans uh who liked him or didn't like him? But there's either you love Adam Eden or you hate him. Right now, for all the haters, you got to love him. I mean, what's what's he got? He's slashing two sixty two, three sixty six, four fifty nine, three homers, fourteen RBIs. He's tied with Abreu for fifth in the American League in RBIs. And I'm looking at him versus righties. He's slashing 300, 540 So something tells me that when Engel. Comes back automatically. There's a lefty on the mound. Eaton won't be playing, and his numbers actually. Oh, look at the look at the look I'm getting from uh, you guys. Know? No, no, yeah,
1: I don't think you're right there, Chuck. I think Adam Eaton is the everyday right fielder without a doubt. Especially considering how things are going in left field. I think I think you're going to see Adam Angle in left field on a very regular basis. Um, I think Eaton's sticking in right field. Tony LaRusso loves Adam Eaton. I, I don't think he's coming out of the lineup very much at all.
0: Well, you don't see too many lefties. And those could be the days you play Larry Garcia. In
2: no. Le- no, 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 no. Wow. Please stop. Stop. We're done with like, well, Larry. Like Larry's not going
1: anywhere, Gump. I can tell you that much.
0: No, he's going to the bench where he should be, actually, on a good well, team. That's exactly where he should yeah, be. Yeah, but every once, like, I'm talking like once every 10 days, Larry Garcia plays for Adam Eaton. I'm not benching Larry. I'm not benching all right. Adam
2: Eaton. Right, I won't get pissed off if it's once every 10 days. I've just seen yeah. you know, I mean, Once every on. 10 minutes is all I'm sick of seeing <laughs> Larry Garcia right now. And it's not a like that's unfair to Larry Garcia in some ways, because I don't think his ideal, this wasn't supposed to be how Larry that's, this wasn't, this wasn't the ideal scenario, right? I mean, the ideal scenario was Larry Garcia is going to be a g- good member off your bench. That was a Swiss army knife, but
0: Larry honestly, Garcia, when he's good is good when he's bad. Let's be honest. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> when he's bad. He looks really, really bad. But I we've seen this before where he stinks for a month and all of a sudden you're like, you know what? Larry Garcia does some really good things for the White Sox when he's a bench guy. You don't want him playing every day. Um, OK, so there we go. There's Adam Eaton. All right, moving on to George Springer, George Springer. If you haven't been paying attention, guess how many games George Springer has played? None! He has yet to play a game with the Blue Jays. I have a feeling he eventually will start to play, but he has—he had a grade two oblique strain. He was close to coming back. He was running the bases a couple of weeks ago, and he felt tightness in his quad. So he has yet to play. He's expected to come back soon, but... Could you imagine the Sox sign George Springer and here we'd be in the middle of April, near the end of April, and he hadn't played yet? Oof,
1: not a good start. That'd be a real sky is falling situation for a lot of people. Thankfully, you know, at the Sky Dome in Toronto, they they can close the roof so the sky doesn't have to fall. But, uh, yeah, they, uh, you know, the Blue Jays are going to be fine. They're going to be very happy with their investment in George Springer, I have a feeling. I would still uh,
0: want George Springer. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, like, this is where things are at right now with Springer and the Blue Jays.
1: Yeah, I mean... (laughs) No, Garvin. I was just gonna say, like you said, if 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 you got to this point in the calendar and he had yet to play a game, it would be full-on freakout mode. And I'm sure it is for a lot of Blue Jays fans. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and then be people bitching about the White Sox depth. Oh, wait. Um, so with Springer, I'm not gonna poo-poo the Springer. Like, we all know what kind of player he is and what he what he will be. There's no reason to that the Blue Jays shouldn't exercise exercise caution at this point in the season. But the one thing I'll say is like Springer plays center field, correct? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what the White Sox, the White Sox needed a right fielder. And there's all these people that are just assuming, like, well, they could have got him to sign, sign him to play right field. He was very verbal in saying he wanted to play center field. Now, money talks, and I get that. But Luis Robert plays center field for the White Sox. It always does, it's it's not always that easy. Like, well, just put him in right field. These guys, when they're free, look. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the White Sox wouldn't like to have George Springer, especially now, because they did not foresee Eloy Jimenez. I just, I said this earlier. I'll say it again. Their biggest need wasn't George Springer.
0: Right. I just wanted him on the team and I was hoping he would just play right field. I can dream. (laughs) Yeah, go stop yelling at Chuck. I know. (laughs) Uh, Now, there were other people who were saying, we don't want Adam freaking Eden. Mm. Give me Jack Peterson. That's the answer. Jack Peterson. All right. So Jack Peterson signs with the Cubs. 18 games in spring training. Jack Peterson slashed 378, 431. He slugged 1,000. He had eight homers. He had 19 RBIs. It was looking like a disastrous scenario for the White Sox.
1: Bull crap! Come on. Why
0: would that have been a disastrous scenario for the White Sox? Because they would have played six games against them during the season. Is that why? because <laughs> he could have had a better season than Adam Eaton, and then, and then we'd be hearing it. No,
2: he still might. That's doubtful.
0: Okay, I'm just point. I'm just putting together a little scenario here. And he here come playoff time. I want Jock Peterson on my team because that guy freaking matches in October. But mm-hmm. good points through 16 games in the regular season. He's got one home run, four RBIs. He's slashing 137, 262, 235. His OPS plus, you want to be above 100 to to have a good OPS plus. His OPS plus is 42.
2: You hate to see it, don't you? This is exactly – you really hate to see it. This is a guy who turned down the White Sox, by the way. Reportedly. Reportedly and went shopping for greener pastures to get less money and play for a team going nowhere. So good on him. He's a platoon player. I hated all the people saying that, oh, the White Sox need Jack Peterson. You know who didn't need Jack Peterson? The LA Dodgers. They liked him in the playoffs. They, they said him all the time. He's a platoon. That's who he is. Look at his career slash line. He is a platoon player, and he's proving he's a platoon player. I don't care what anybody did in spring. You know the only spring training stats that have ever mattered are your mean Mercedes. Other than that, nothing else in spring matters.
0: Speaking of your mean Mercedes, Jack Peterson has seven hits. Your mean Mercedes had eight after the, his second game of the season. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's something, something about those blue pinstripes takes all your offensive ability away. Apparently, that yeah. they are struggling up on the
0: north side. Yeah. To get we're any we're hits. burying Jack Peterson here. I, I think he's going probably- to. I? Didn't think
1: he was a fit here. I didn't. Yeah. I think, I think the point that Chuck made was a very good reason why the White Sox could have benefited from having him. And that is, this is a team that has aspirations to go deep in the playoffs and you want a proven playoff performer on your roster. There's nothing wrong with that. I I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but you're right. Given full health, there was no place for him to play on a regular basis. He would have been a bench player. And honestly,
2: this was about Adam Eaton too. And people only hated Adam Eaton because of the way it ended the one thing about Adam Eaton when he was a White Sox was he was a good player, very productive player, good on both both in in the outfield and at the plate. He's he like look, he's not been perfect in the outfield. I think he has four errors actually. Most of them have been throwing errors. He had the drop fly ball on Anaheim. There's a couple, but I will say this about Adam Eaton. He has owned it about how he left here. And he was very aware of his perception and how fans turned on him, I guess to say, because of the way he exited. He's he's grown up. He's phenomenal to deal with. And honestly, like, he is a perfect fit on this team. When he got when, when he when he mixed the um mixed it up at second base, was that against the Indians?
0: Yeah, against the Indians.
2: For his BS suspension that he's getting like that's why they got him. He's an igniter. He's a spark plug. He's 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 going to take this team I don't want to say he himself is going to take this team to another level, but he's he's going to teach these younger guys now of how to get to the postseason. The things that we talked about with Jock Peterson, Adam Eaton's done too. Like Adam Eaton was really good for the National during their postseason run. Arguably, could have won the NLCS MVP. He was in the mix for the World Series MVP before before Howie Kendrick went off. So. This is this was, to me. It wasn't about Jack Peterson as much as it was about Adam Eaton. Like that's why I think, like when you read off his slash line, Chuck, like that's who Adam Eaton is. He's arguably been their most consistent player from start to finish so far. Start, you know, the first couple of weeks. Except for your
0: mean, your mean is that he he's in the running for the MVP right now. Uh, but Eaton, <laughs> um, the thing with Eaton, he needs to stay healthy. Just stay healthy. If he stays healthy, he's going to be great. And that's you you got
1: to remember too. You got to remember too. You know the old commercial: chicks dig the long ball, and we're in the 21st century now, so we got to be inclusive because both chicks and dudes dig the long ball. That's true. Uh, the dude's home run ball. exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. The home run sells. Jock Peterson hit home runs. Adam Eaton is not your stereotypical home run hitter. So when people look at World Series home runs versus World Series, you know, scoring from first base, one is far
0: sexier than the other. All right, a quick pause here on the White Sox Talk podcast. We're coming back after this. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills
1: as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother
0: your weld is.
1: Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio
0: and Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com/slash investing in America. Let's move on. I uh, got a couple other right fielders here. Jackie Bradley Jr., he signed with the Brewers. He's very good defensively. Offensively so far? Not good. Slashing 213, 250, 361. He's got a homer and two RBIs, 22 strikeouts, no walks. How would this be playing right now on the south side with that stat line?
1: Uh, is, is that not Larry Garcia's stat line?
0: <laughs> I mean...
1: I'm not. Seriously, yeah, you, what, I'm I mean, gonna check out Larry Garcia. I think Larry guy. might be hitting under 200, but still, uh, yeah, you know, that's. I'm just saying, like, it would be playing like that. And as Guff pointed out earlier in the podcast, White Sox fans are not pleased with Larry's uh, offensive output at the moment. Well, oh, yeah, I and his decision
0: making. Those two bunts that he's popped up, like, no, that's just. I don't know what is going on with Larry, but not good.
1: At least Jackie Bradley Jr. is playing for a first place team. At uh, the the Brewers are off to a very nice start.
0: All right, so Larry Garcia is betting 163 he's got 13 strikeouts and a walk so
2: the yeah, other look this Larry's not he shouldn't be playing here. we've already talked about that I mean the one thing about Jackie Bradley jr that he does bring too is, is, is defensively he's a gold Glover so jack Peter that's what I'm saying like Jack Peterson really not good on either like where is I'm just crushing Jack Peterson because they you know, really are <laughs> well I
0: never wanted him and I'm glad but he's gonna have a big series against the White Sox. Yeah, know. I don't
2: care. Yeah. I don't care if he turns it around in the next 145 games, but I'll tell you one thing. I just went back and looked at his stats while you guys were talking about Jackie Bradley Jr. And I'm going, huh, like he's had no, his best season, he had 112 hits. Like, get off my lawn. No, like the, he's,
0: he's all October. His October numbers are sick. But fine. Do you bring him in for that? I don't know. Maybe you yeah, do. You're
2: gonna pay him $10 million for eight he No, I wouldn't seven. do
0: that. No. He's not, the, he's not, he's not, he's not the Cubs to be an October hero. That's for sure. No. And he, I'll, here's the thing. Jack Peterson will not get <laughs> you to October. He will not get you there, but when it is October and you're there, he'll help you win a championship. That's been his career.
1: But trade, deadline, okay. trade, trade
0: deadline acquisition. Another yeah. crosstown deal. Oh, oh, I don't know for the White Sox. Yeah. Could be. Could Maybe. be. Like a platoon. Play, but, but again, like. And then if that happens, I want guff and Jack Peterson in a room together to sort out their differences.
2: Uh, uh, will Only, only, J- only Jack Peterson's
1: walking out of that room. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, no, I, I won't. We're going to go down. We're both going to go down swinging. But I'll tell you one thing: like I'll tell Jack Peterson why he was acquired.
0: <laughs> you're a platoon player, and we need you for October, you're, Jack. That's all you're you are. You're a
2: platoon. Are. We're a. Pl- you're a platoon player, and you're needed. Yeah, to help down the stretch and in the postseason. You know, you're going to be needed to have big at bats. But again. That's my argument for Adam Eaton in the postseason. Like, he homered twice in the World Series. I mean, he did yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. Like, people are going to probably the haters that are that that like to, to only talk when the White Sox lose games on Twitter um, will probably come at me and say like I'm an Adam Eaton apologist. It's not about being an apologist as much as a fit, and I think he's a great fit for this team and does a lot of the same things that Jack Peterson. Can do in terms of the postseason success, but I think he's a much better fit, and they needed him more than they needed Jack Peterson.
0: All right, want uh, to fly through closer. Sox got Liam Hendricks, got off to a rough start, but four straight scoreless appearances. They spent a lot of money on him. Uh, Alex Calame, uh with the Twins. They could have. He was maybe Plan B if they didn't get Hendricks. Uh, 5.68 ERA. Uh, he's blown two saves. Twins are six and ten but uh, I think they're going to figure it out. Uh, I want to go over DH cuz I think it's funny. I wanted Nelson Cruz. But who would have thought that Yermín Mercedes would be better than Nelson Cruz 3 weeks into the season? Does this mean that Yermín Mercedes is a better player than Nelson Cruz?
1: The biggest <laughs> the biggest the biggest question I have, Chuck, is yeah. obviously you've been, you know, driving the your mean Mercedes bandwagon for some time now. Yes. How, what what would your answer have been back in January or whenever the we were talking about Nelson Cruz every five minutes? If the if you were, were if you were posed the question, who do you want? You want Nelson Cruz or you want your mean Mercedes? Oh you don't on. know what they're gonna do but that's, that's the Nelson Cruz.
0: I mean, it, me ah! you, hey
1: oh, Vinny, Vinny, let me ask you I'm going to, I'm going to take
2: that and run with it. Hey, Chuck, who'd you rather have right now going forward? Ooh,
0: there is a good question. <laughs> there is a good question. No,
1: but just for this year, just for the rest of the season, because Nelson Cruz is like 50 years old.
0: Ooh. Chuck likes the story. He, he, he likes. No, yeah, I mean, how could I, here. at this point, how can I say you're mean? Thanks, but no, thanks. We're good. Bring in Nelson Cruz. I want to see how this story ends with your mean Mercedes. So no, I do not. I would, I can't believe I'm even saying this. Like, I can't either. <laughs> I, I can agree. totally believe it. Chuck's
1: been stopping for this time for two years. <laughs> I've been stopping for both guys for two years. <laughs> he, he's,
2: I, I mean, he's honest. Like, let's not, the, that story is this, the, the Yermin story is as good as it gets.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, I clearly, I would rather have Nelson Cruz any day of the week, but I mean your mean it's a good thing. Here, here's what
2: yeah. I mean, look, your mean has um has helped settle a position of need, right? Like Andrew Vaughn was thought to be that guy. There was zero chance you could bench your mean Mercedes after that first weekend. And your mean has is is you know, you've there's these stories in sports for guys get that opportunity and they just don't relinquish it. And it's created question marks about Andrew Vaughn, and I think are very valid. And you figure that one out because of the success. Like, there's two things here. There's who is Andrew Vaughn and what is he? But look what happened because of that. Like, what, why did that question happen? Well, it's because you found a guy at least two weeks in that has taken a position of need and, and ran with it. And the best part about your mean Mercedes for me, other than the, like the success and the popularity and how fun he is and how confident he is, is when he goes over... He looks like a professional hitter. He's give, going up there
0: it's giving a tough over. Just
2: really, really tough out. Um, most of them are productive outs. He just looks like a guy who knows what he's doing up there and I, I don't know how this story's going to end. He could hit 235, but I, I don't see any time soon where he's going
1: to relinquish that role. What, what has been the most interesting, I think, and you, you touched on it was during spring training, and this is not necessarily a knock on Andrew Vaughn, but during spring training, what was the constant compliment of Andrew Vaughn? He's, he's a pro. His at-bats look mature. He's, a, he's an advanced hitter. It's because of the way he takes his at-bats. The guy who's fit that description so far has been Yermeen Mercedes. He's mm-hmm. changing his approach within an at-bat when the situation changes. He's, he's hitting so well with two strikes. He's doing the kind of things that you would think, would have applied to Andrew Vaughn given those descriptions. Andrew Vaughn has not necessarily not fit that description, but he hasn't as consistently as Mercedes has. And that's what's been so impressive about Mercedes.
0: Yeah. The other thing is the age difference. Something tells me that when Andrew Vaughn's 28, he'll have the approach and... The, oh, and he, he might have it already. I'm not trying to knock
1: Right, down. Right, right. just saying Mercedes has been that guy.
0: Yes, he has. Yeah. Uh, now we could reach June... And Mercedes is in a tailspin and Nelson Cruz is headed to the all-star game again. I'm thinking, why would I take, you mean Mercedes? <laughs> but, but I mean, thus
2: far what we do know is that the White Sox are lacking a bat, which we kind of knew. And this is where the depth question comes into play. And then Stoney said it on the radio the other day, you know, there are no teams in baseball, none, zero that are equipped to handle injuries when they're to the biggest part of your core. And when a guy with 40 homers goes down and your injuries have been to TA and they've been to, Lance Lynn, you know, it's tough to overcome. Like no one has depth to back all of those guys up again and again. And again, the White Sox have guys and they're trying to figure that out on the fly. But I I do, at least at this point, as we hit late April, clearly see a need for an upgrade of a bat when it does come time to make that need.
0: All right. Our last position catcher. So The White Sox have Yasmani Grandal wrapped up for two more years, two and a half more years, whatever, this year and then two more. James McCann goes to the Mets. Uh, McCann slashing 235, 297, 324, a homer and three RBIs. Uh, Grandal's batting 150, got nine walks, eight strikeouts, two. You know what? I'll give him this. He's got two homers and nine RBIs, and he's not hitting very well. And he's got, I think, 3,000 catcher interference calls against him maybe it's
1: well I'll say say this I I don't think anybody thought during the offseason they were going to go out and get a catcher that would eat into Yasmani Grandal's playing time I mean I think everybody assumed he was going to be the number one guy we were talking about a backup to play every so often and Zach Collins has has done all right the guy's caught a no hitter you you can't really complain about that
0: no I'm not saying the Sox should have re-signed McCann it's just more of like we talked about McCann where is he going to go and that decision to allow him to leave was because they signed Yasmani Grandal, yeah. and you know it's the uh, thing with Grandal, like uh, it's been it's been rough for him behind the plate. I'm wondering if his knee has something to do with it. I don't know, but uh, what I like, what I, it's easy to say all the things that you don't like about Yasmani Grandal, but what I do like is he's not hitting. And when he's not hitting, he still gives you a home run and not two home runs, nine RBIs and a pretty good OBP when he's not hitting.
2: I think everyone should, that's frustrated about Yosemite Grandal, you know, like he's kind of earned it. And a part of that is you earn it when you sign the richest contract in franchise history, that there's going to be expectations on you. Maybe that other players don't have. And you know, this is not about not signing McCann as much as the decision the White Sox made a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, to make the decision to go get Grondahl. That, that was the decision right there on James McCann. It was not – they, they didn't – they needed a catcher going forward to, to get into this phase of the window to win. And they clearly made a decision saying they didn't think James McCann could be the guy for, the, for, you know, for that immediate future. And they didn't know about Zach Collins like they know about Zach Collins now. You could sit here and play hindsight twenty like right. We can get, go back and go well. What if they would have signed McCann to the four-year deal and not even, probably for less than forty million, and you had Zach Collins? Where does the rest of that forty-five to fifty million go? We could sit here and do that. It's not worth it because it, you can't play the game like that. But yes, Monty Randall's been a frustrating watch. He's really frustrating, and the reason you got it got him is because you told and even if you look by war i think he's since 2019 is ranked second among catchers in war he's just not living up to the bill at the plate and more importantly behind it and i do you expect it to be you know is he on pace to have like 18 catchers interference yeah if that happens we got issues
0: yeah yeah i think the, the the i think i don't know this for a fact but if you try to figure out why the White Sox went out or signed Grandal and they didn't sign McCann, it was more of like the track record. What had Grandal done for many seasons versus McCann, who came out of nowhere and did what he did? And uh, they're at the point of, okay, well, next year we're, we're ready to win. What's the better decision or what's the safest play? What's the right? Who's going to, who can we depend on more considering their track record? And at the time it was Grandal. but now we can look at, Oh, what has McCann done for the last two and a half seasons? Oh, he's been really, really good. And that was the start of something new. So I don't, I don't remember too many people saying when they signed Grondahl to that deal, give all that money to McCann. I'm sure there no are some people who felt that way, but there weren't many. And I wasn't one of them. I was like, yeah, Grondahl, the guy. Yasmani Grandal was one of, if one of the
1: best catchers in baseball when they signed him to that deal. One of the guys you can count on one hand as being one of the best catchers in baseball. Uh yeah, he didn't he didn't do so hot last year by his standards, but he still contributed an awful lot, as you've pointed out a lot, Chuck, with what he's done in the first few weeks of this season. I mean, he was hitting clutch home runs last year. He was getting on base. He was he was a gold glove finalist behind the plate. Uh, there's a lot this guy brings. And, and Guff, you're not wrong in saying he's been. Frustrating, certainly he has been, and I would imagine nobody's more frustrated than him. Uh, but the thing is, is that track record, and I don't think you can say, "Well, the rest of this deal is just a wash." It's just throw it out the window. It's going to be a huge disappointment because of everything he's done so far in his career. This is an all-star catcher, James McCann. When they signed Yasmani Grandal, had had three good months in the major leagues because yep. the second half of that season that he made the all-star team, he was not very good. So he had three good seasons or three good months in the major leagues. Grandal had a career and that's why you give him that contract.
2: I will say this about Grandal too. They signed him for four years, right? Yeah. Played 58 games with the White Sox. Now they've been 58 pretty frustrating games, but he's played 58 games. We're not evaluating. We're not even evaluating one season here. You know, we're evaluating a pandemic short and weird season that they stopped, started, started over again. And there, we've evaluated 15 games into, you know, 15, 18 games into a, uh, the second season. So that still has pandemic and protocol issues. So I, I'm willing to say, let me wait and evaluate the contract as a whole before I start crapping all over what they did a year and a half ago to kind of show free. That, look, when they signed Grondahl, it was a wake-up call to other free agents. Asked Dallas Keuchel about it. He talked about it. He talked about one of the reasons he signed here is because the White Sox went out and got Grondahl. So, you know, I'm not going to poo-poo the deal right now. I'm not going to do that.
1: Also, why did they sign Yasmani Rondell? To win the World Series, right? Right. They've played three playoff games since signing him, and he's hit home
0: runs in two of them. Just saying. He's Jock Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. All <laughs> right. So, uh, there we, here we and here we are. So, we're just a few weeks into the season. I just felt like you know, we talked endlessly about these guys. And I, you know, it's the socks. I just felt like, let's just see how these guys are doing, not knowing if this is going to be a podcast or not. And then I looked at the numbers. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is a podcast. And by the way, I'm just going to throw one other stat line at you Francisco Lindor with the Mets. Hello, they're freaking out. He's batting 171 and he's slugging 195.
2: They're freaking out because they went out and threw 342 million at him. So that's why they're freaking I mean, out. All
0: right. Could you imagine <laughs> like this was not going to happen, but the White Sox acquire Francisco Lindor from the Indians. And after three weeks, he's batting 171 and slugging 195. Woo.
2: And you know what? It, it, you say they're freaking out and the Mets are in first place. Like yeah. things, yeah. things, you know, that won't happen. Oh, Lindor is going to have a stat line like that. Like, like calm. Again, is this an overreaction podcast? Yes. We admitted that from the start. Are there things to react to? Yes. Are there trends we don't want to see? Certainly. Are there things we like? Yeah. Francisco Lindor, would you say a sluggy one Chuck? 170? 195. Yeah. Like uh, I will bet anything I have that that will not. Right.
0: So let's, what is the one one thing that we were reacting to that you are sure will not be an overreaction in the end? Will not be an overreaction. Like we've reacted to something, and it's like, cause like uh, the overreaction um, video. You guys think about it. I, what's uh, that? Yeah, what do you I got have? Guys? I think
2: I have. Of all the things we talked about, I, I, I want to say Carlos Rodon. I really do, and not Carlos Rodon like of you know sub, one ERA. But I need to. I need to see Carlos Rodon take the ball every fifth day. I, I can't make a judgment call on him just yet. It looks good. I'm gonna say Adam Eaton. Like, Adam Eaton is, is going to be my non-overreaction. I think it was the right signing at the right time, knowing that they weren't going to get Springer. Um, I will I will go on a limb here and say that Adam Eaton's slash line is going to look probably even better than it does right now.
0: All right. Benny, what do you got? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I would lean Eaton also. And I would say the one point that we haven't talked about so far with him is what does Adam Eaton need to be in this lineup? he doesn't need to be the best player in the lineup. Now he's been very good and he's kind of earned the right to bat second every day for, for the foreseeable future. Um, And maybe he does, and maybe that's the successful way to go. But I think even when he's, when they got him, we were talking about all he needs to do is bat eighth and be productive. And and that's fine. And so I don't think Adam Eaton is going to, you know, co-lead the team at RBIs or anything like that, but I think he is going to continue to be a guy that fills the hole. That they needed to fill
0: this offseason. I haven't mentioned Michael Brantley. He's being Michael Brantley. He's batting three twenty seven, three sixty five, five ninety two. I will say that the two two names on this list who I think will end up being who they are right now—it's not an overreaction—is uh, Kluber and Quintana. I don't think either of those guys are going to have good seasons. That's after judging by what I'm seeing so far. Clearly, before the season, I. <laughs> singing their praises and i wanted them on the white Sox. but now looking at i mean when you're a pitcher and you come out of the gate doing that and you're a number five starter you don't normally all of a sudden find the light and become great so those are my two and we will check in at some point and see how we're uh how we've done and that's a wrap this is this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast, brought to you by Wintrust, your home for White Sox checking with free ATMs nationwide. Go to the special White Sox webpage. It's www.wintrust.com/socks. Hawk Harrelson, take it away. Thanks, our Chuck. And this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast is over.